The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Rapid Sales Accelerator. If you're ready to skyrocket your sales by 30% or more in just 90 days, then you need to claim your free training right now. You'll learn four words that will compel your prospects to trust you like they were children within the first three to five minutes of any conversation across any platform and any medium. You'll learn how to give your prospects objection amnesia to crush objections like I need to talk to my spouse or I need more time to think it over or it's too expensive. And finally, you'll get a free recorded audio training that will install unbelievable attitudes for success and wipe out any limiting beliefs. So if you'd like to claim your free training now, go to www.paulrossbook.com. Do it before your competition does it now. Welcome to the Influencer's Edge. This is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs, cutting edge insights, tools, and techniques to leapfrog over the pack in sales, persuasion, and influence. Be sure you visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, tune in, and enjoy today's episode. All right, welcome back to the Influencer's Edge. We have a special guest. I basically begged him to come on because I am a huge fan of Igor. Please help me with your last name. Kefets. Kefets. He and I share something. We're both of Ukrainian-Russian heritage. And look what I got. This is. I'm just going to start out by giving him a plug. I'm, uh, I don't want to fanboy on you, but I am a big fan of your work. I'm on your email list. This book is... Normally, I have my virtual background on, but I had to risk showing my sloppy office because I can't show, hold up the book. This is a book, List Building Lifestyle. And I just, normally I start with a biography, which I'll read, but I want to read something that's very impressive to me that will tell my audience something about you. So here we go. Um, Quote, I started my business out of my bedroom in a three-room apartment located in a duplex on the south end of a hick town deep in southeast Israel. What is a hick town? How big is a hick town? In south? It's like a kibbutz. Um, it was about 24, 25,000 people at the time. It was mostly people on welfare. There were, there were no traffic lights um, in that town. There's wow. one now. Yep. Wow. And um, it was just uh, pensioners. Uh, people on welfare, single moms, drug addicts, alcoholics who got uh, like government uh, government uh, was paying them like Social Security because they got diagnosed as alcoholics. Like that's an actual thing. You can get diagnosed and get paid, a, you know, Social Security and um, lots and lots of old people because the air in that hick town, as opposed to other places in Israel, was really, really good. It was like fresh and sometimes cold uh-huh. and crisp. So a lot of people who had asthma and other uh, conditions were there. And it's located near the Dead Sea. So if you've got any skin condition or vertigo or anything like that, you could go to the Dead Sea. So that's where actually my day job, my my first day job was the Dead Sea. And that's also where I met my wife too. Wow. So this is the extraordinary part. I want you all to listen to this bit. I created my own economy. He didn't say he created his own business. 
This is interesting distinction. I created my own economy in a town with no economy. So this is really powerful. What is the distinction in your mind between, and you know this, we may not even go into your biography. Uh, we're going to talk about e-farming because that's your specialty, although I think you're much more versatile than that. But we'll talk about e-farming. But just to make the distinction, what is your distinction between, I have a twofold question. What is first question? What is your distinction between creating business and creating an economy? A business is a set of systems that produce an income and deliver an outcome for a customer that serve a market or a, gr a group of people who we will unite into what I would call a market or a niche market. An economy is an ecosystem that within itself can contain several businesses or income streams where I am literally deciding how much money I want to be making by turning on the tap or closing the tap and knowing exactly how to make more money come in or less money come in based on my own actions. Um, so the reason I, I say that I created my own economy is because over the years, I've not only created a business, but also stacked different businesses around it to create an ecosystem where these businesses all kind of feed in and out of each other uh, to create a, like what I call an economy in a place where jobs were really scarce. We had a couple of uh, plants and factories there uh, like a Motorola had a facility there. Uh, FedEx used to make their devices where, you know, when the FedEx guy comes in and you need to sign this little electronic thing, like those right. devices were made there. Um, but for the most part, people worked at the Dead Sea, hospitality jobs, you know, housekeeping, uh, waiting tables, things like that. Uh, retail, that was another popular one. So there weren't very many jobs. Remember, we had a time when um, a facility uh, got shut down. It, it was uh, making um, either like wet napkins or some some kind of house item like that. And it got shut down because it was going back bankrupt. So we had about, I don't know, 400 people lose their job. It was a big mess. I mean, they were like going out rioting with, uh, you know, like mobs of people burning, like they were taking trash cans and burning things in the trash cans and barricading the facility. There's like a whole thing. The city was trying to bail the company out. It was crazy. Like 400 jobs set the whole town into, into this, uh, you know, just craziness just because the jobs were so scarce. And, you know, if, if some, you know, guy who's 50 something was working there for the past 10 years, he, you know, that guy knew that if the facility gets shut down, he's, he's done. You mentioned, so it's a leap enough to go from having nothing around you to think of creating your own business, but to think of creating your own ecosystem where you can create businesses that I, I understand how the first one can be learned. That can be duplicated by having good coaching, but this mindset of creating a, a looking, how does this piece fit into this piece? So each part of my business supports the other. How the it? How, first of all, how the hell did you learn that? And honestly, give me your honest opinion. I know that you can help people build multi-million dollar business. I get it. But do you really, first of all, how did you even get that concept in your mind? Because I've never heard that concept before. I've heard multiple streams of revenue. It's a buzzword. But how did you even get this word of an ecology or an ecosystem for business? 
How did you get the idea, even the idea for it? And do you really think that's a leap that people can make if they haven't had success before, or do they first have to have that step of learning to do their own thriving business? So um, the way I look at it today, obviously looking back, I can say, oh yeah, I conceived it, but I don't think I conceived it when I started. When I started, I was driven by one idea, and that is I needed to replace my job income, which at the time was something in the range of maybe $1,100 a month. Remember, it's Israel, yeah. so... Um, so that was my initial goal. Once I hit that goal, obviously I wanted more and I wanted to double that. And then I wanted to double that and I wanted to double that. Um, but I think I was very fortunate to come across the work of, uh, your friend, Dan Kennedy, who I know you've done work with in the past. And I can uh, say, Dan called me the 13th best copywriter in the world when I first met him, which is like, holy he shit. actually breaks down your copy in one of his training programs on information marketing. Um, and he like really, really emphasizes the impact of words and how you use them. So that's actually how I heard about you, I believe. Wow. So um, so I, I'm a big fanboy of everything that he've done, he'd done over the years. So obviously yeah. he's like semi-retired now. Um, and he, he has that mindset and he was able to impart that mindset through his books seminar recordings which i used to download off of black hat sites using BitTorrent because yeah. i couldn't afford them yeah so um so uh his mindset was always about building what he calls a a fence and a herd right he calls it that way so this is like building a fence around your business and 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 stacking uh assets within it is what the ecosystem became um a lot of it also happens in a way by accident as you do things you try things things happen people reach out to you they all of a sudden people start asking you for a particular thing to do for them and willing to pay for it and right. if you're paying attention you're like oh look at that in the last month i had three people ask me for this one thing and i've made you know six thousand dollars doing this thing for them can i turn this into a consistent yes. thing right yeah and so all of a sudden you've got one business you stack another mini business to next of it next to it uh, then another thing and another thing before you know it, you've got five different things going on. You've got 10 people working for you because somebody needs to manage this part and somebody needs to manage that part. So before I knew it, within maybe three years, I was employing about six or seven people who were like my school friends, you know, uh, like friends of friends, uh, friends of relatives, you know, whatever. Um, and it became like this ecosystem. In fact, we used to, uh, I used to work out of this coffee shop um, uh, it was like very spacious in the shopping mall and the shopping mall was mostly dead and the, and the coffee shop was mostly dead, but they had like big ceilings and the, it was light and they had Wi-Fi and great coffee. So I used to work there alone, but within a couple of years, all of a sudden, every day we would occupy three tables, uh, <laughs> and, uh, it would be like, uh, this, this mob, you know, who would come in and, and, and work there for a few hours every day because I refused to get an office because... An office always feels like a job, like you have to go there every day. Yes. yes. Yeah. So that's how it happened. Some of it happened by accident, but the thinking was mostly influenced by Dan Kennedy. Yeah. And I highly recommend studying Dan Kennedy. Yes. Yes. I listened to his magnetic marketing podcast. This is so what I what I'm hearing here, and this is very humble 
I don't want to call it confession, but a humble revelation that some of this was serendipity. You just suddenly discovered that people were coming to you and rather than going, no, I'm going to stick with my plan. Everyone says, stick with your plan and stick with your plan. And you're saying, no, some, to be super successful, you have to be open to things that are suddenly dropped in your lap. We know Caleb Jones, and I met Caleb through a certain, for, and I so increased his business. So I thought, wait a minute. I've got a much more profitable niche that just got thrown. I was searching for a niche. It just got thrown in my face. Don't be stupid. Take advantage of that. But uh, I, I want to drive another point, ask you a, a deeper question. If you came from poverty, if you came from virtually nothing, where, where did you get the belief that said, this is not where I need to stay? I can have mm. more. I can do better. Did you have someone you modeled? like someone or someone who gave you the message, just as an example, to unpack the question, my mother told me that I was going to change the world. She said, I didn't have the, my kids for myself. I had them for the world. You're going to do something great. And I hung on to that when I worked crappy jobs. I didn't know what it would be, but I had the courage to go out and, and stumble and discover it. What was your inspiration in the midst, steeped in all this limitation and 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 lack how do what was your inspiration to know uh-uh this is not where i'm staying you know before i answer that i want to just compliment your mother because that's some incredible next level parenting uh, the messaging that she put in you is so different than the messaging that most parents put into their kids yeah like most parents actually encourage their kids to play a small game to not you know stand out to keep their mouth mm -hmm. shut and so on Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. As a parent, I always keep my eye out, you know, for stuff like this. And I will most definitely start telling my kids that they were born and destined to do great things. Um, as far as what with me, um, I don't know if you've ever had this. I don't know if you know anyone who ever had this, but um, I've always been, I've always had the feeling that I'm smarter than the next guy. Ever since I went to, to kindergarten, I always had the idea that I'm smarter than most. Maybe not the smartest guy in the room, but smarter than most. Yes. And uh, I've always strived to be like straight A student in, in, in school. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to be uh, uh, complimented for my, for my brain, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, it just so happened when we moved from Ukraine to Israel, and uh, from about maybe a few months into our life in Israel, uh, you know, my dad goes into the double bypass and our financially our life goes like that. Um, growing up in Israel poor, I was just very angry and upset and frustrated over the fact that other kids, uh, teens who weren't smarter than me, who weren't hardworking, who didn't have the discipline, because I grew up in a family of an army guy and a teacher. So I was brought up with discipline and, you know, basically these sort of values. And I was like, they have a much better life than me. Um, and they don't seem to be working very hard for it. So that was very frustrating. And then um, one day I came across the works of Robert Kiyosaki, specifically Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And mm -hmm. it was the first time that someone actually told me that you don't have to be born rich to be rich. Like there was actually a, a way to become rich, even though the book didn't quite reveal exactly what the way was, but it sold the idea. And we all know the power of a great sales letter. Like when, you know, you just 
one idea, right? It, it, it bites you like a bug and you can't let it go. So for me, that hit home. Um, and the idea that I could actually become rich through method, through application, through learning made a lot of sense to me. So immediately I started, instead of like spending my days playing video games, I started researching um, online. The internet was you know, available to me. I spoke English because I studied English in school. And I started like spending a lot of time researching online about how to make money. It took a while, took a couple of years, but finally figured it out. And what I actually appreciate about the journey is that it put me on, it kind of forced me to also do a lot of self-development. Like yeah. your business will force you and teach you yes. humility, to be Absolutely. flexible mentally. It, it'll teach you so many different lessons about life, about people. You know, once you start hiring people, you learn so much about them. Yes. And <laughs> that's, a I've been wow. that's a step I've been resisting because managing people, I'll hire someone to manage the people I hire because I don't want to deal with it. But I think what you said, and then we'll dive into the specifics here because uh, I don't want people to miss out on your wisdom on e-farming and building a list and all the rest of it. But I think that's really, really an interesting point that business will, and people need to hear this if you're in your own business or even if you're in sales, entrepreneurs, business will teach you lessons that will humble you. You will see that your decisions were not good decisions. You will see that you put a lot of effort, a lot of energy into things that just didn't work. And you can either feel bad, you can either have self-pity or tell yourself messages that I can never do things right. And why is it so difficult? Or you get up off your ass, you learn your lesson, and you keep going. There's a certain toughness that you have to develop that also works if you put a little joy into the into the fight. And I think I, I don't we don't really know each other, we, but I think you're a happy warrior. I think you actually enjoy the journey. This is my this is my insight. So let's let's dive into the questions here that were officially put in your biography. So let's read your biography. So Igor Kaifetz is yep. an Amazon best-selling author of the List Building Lifestyle. I have it right here. I'm in the process of reading it. Confessions of an Email Millionaire. He's also the host of List Building Lifestyle, the podcast for anyone who wants to make more money and have more freedom by leveraging the power of an email list. He's also the founder of Igor Solo Ads, one of the world's top email traffic agencies. He's widely referred to as the go-to authority on building large responsive email lists in record time. Igor is passionate about showing people how to live the list building lifestyle. You're also a pretty high mucky muck. Everybody knows you. Everyone who's a client of mine or a potential client of mine goes, yeah, I, I know. I know, Igor, you're <laughs> talking to that guy. He's a big shot. I'm, I'm just telling you. So let's talk about e-farming. What is e-farming? So um, e-farming is the process of building email address books of people who would like to be kept informed about offers in a particular nature or interest. Um, and the way you turn an e-farm that you build into money is by sending out simple emails, short emails, don't have to be like really complicated, just really sometimes as little as 100 words uh, yeah. with 
recommendations to different products and services that relate to the interest of those particular people via email. Now, an important distinction I want to make is that um, this is not spamming and this is all GDPR compliant and it's all above board. The way we do e-farming is using permission-based email marketing, which means we have people ask us to send them emails rather than scrape their information you know, online and uh, start blasting them out of nowhere, which is how a lot of people do it, Right. which I highly do, do not recommend you do it that way. Yeah. There's, uh, You don't want to do that. So uh, this process allows you to build your own e-farm, which becomes an asset that allows you to make money every day and to also build multiple streams of income. Because what you can do, you can promote different types of products on different occasions. And many of these products can be recurring. For example, I've got recurring income streams for the last like five, six, seven years, uh, going back even to the time when I used to live in Israel that are still paying me you know, some will pay me a hundred bucks a month. Some will pay me a hundred bucks a week. Some will pay me, you know, a couple of grand a month, but it's still coming in on autopilot for stuff I've done for emails I sent out many years ago. So over time it adds up and all of a sudden you got bill coming in the mail. Like I got, you know, an insurance bill coming in the mail because, uh, you know, I had a, a few, you know, driving offenses and my insurance bill went up. Well, guess what? I got the passive income to come in to cover for that. Uh, and that makes life a lot easier. I uh, One of my great coaches, Kelly Roach, said that recurring revenue can make or break, uh, make or break a business. Let's, yep. let's talk about the distinction between the kind of emails that get opened and read and the kind of emails that are just the... Uh, because here's the thing I, I teach. When I teach persuasion and influence in sales, I say the number one enemy of your business nowadays is not your competition. It's this mm, thing mm -hmm. because uh, Instagram and TikTok, TikTok is the worst and Facebook instant messenger. They've reduced attention spans to virtually that of a goldfish. So in today's world of dramatically decreased attention spans, I was there when YouTube started and the ads were 90 seconds long and you wow. couldn't click away. Can you imagine a 90 second long ad on YouTube anymore? Mm -mm. Well, uh, most of my ads are around three minutes because that's the recommended length, length but uh, I but can't even imagine YouTube. YouTube without ads. But not on YouTube. You wouldn't put a three minute YouTube ad, would you? No, no. Most of my YouTube ads, like I, you know, I do a lot of YouTube ads and um, most of them are around three minutes, two, two minutes, 50 seconds. Yeah, well, sure. that's a whole show in itself, how to create a three-minute uh, YouTube ad that, that doesn't get clicked away from. That alone, if you should write a book on that, because that if you can bottle that, that's a billion-dollar that's a billion dollar skill set. That's remarkable. I don't know. We don't have time to go into that, but where that is a billion-dollar skill set. I don't know how you learn that, but we can't. Trial and error. Trial and error. Uh, in fact, there's uh, some things that I picked up from your book, uh, Words That Sell, that well, go into my sell. YouTube ad scripts. Yeah, because uh, how else are you going to keep people keep people engaged? You know, um, and we we try a lot of stuff. Like you mentioned, the attention span is very difficult to to capture and keep. It truly is. And we, I mean, I've even tried right now, I'm actually testing, having the same ads, but uh, a different spokesperson. So instead of me delivering the ad, uh, I'll have like a like a 25 year old Caucasian female delivering the ad uh, from America, 
I'll then have a 30 year old Caucasian, uh, like white female from Australia do it with Australian accent. I'll have like uh, an older black guy do it. Basically kind of trying out different spokespeople to see which ones engage better. Yeah. And you'd be surprised the results you'll find, you know, the older black guy will outperform the woman from Australia. Uh, and it's like, you have no idea why, but this is. Who cares? This is, you're, yeah. you're talking that that willingness to test that I'll go. I, I want to do a whole nother show with you. Uh, you're super busy, but uh, about YouTube ads and your willingness to test and how you keep track of your time, because this is extraordinary. I, I want to do another show, but let's keep going with e-farming. So sure. why do most e-farmers fail? Um, so a couple of reasons. One is even those who recognize the power of an email list, they don't go and don't aggressively build it. What they do, they spend a lot of time, effort, energy, and money into driving visitors, eyeballs, leads in some way, shape, or form, but they do not capture them. The way I do e-farming, the way I do like pretty much anything online is I put the list first. Like anything I do, I drop them to an opt-in form first. Right. If if you get my book, even if you get it off of Amazon, there's going to be a link inside the book that would take you to a bonus page where I say, hey, I got a bunch of bonuses there. Why don't you check them out? And, you know, I'll actually go and yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll actually go and, and I will ask you for your email address. When somebody buys the book off of my website, the first thing I do is I get their email address because... If, if I'm building a Facebook audience or an Instagram audience or a TikTok audience, guess what? I don't own the audience. No, the platform does. Yes. So if they decide that I'm saying something that they don't like, if they want to shadow ban me, if they don't want to, if they want to just ban my account, they will. And they did many, many times before. I know many, many of my friends in the industry, they lost not only their ad accounts, but their personal profiles because they kept trying to start new ad accounts with Facebook. Um, you know, how many people do you know who had YouTube channels, big YouTube channels, who all of a sudden lost them? I know a guy's monetized. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, some just completely disappear. I, a, a guy named Charles reached out to me one time. He had a channel on sex tips for men on how to perform better in bed. That, you know, that's like, going to get, that's going to yeah. get kicked off. But he had a big channel. He had like over a million, I believe, subscribers at one point. And then all of a sudden he wakes up and he's got a bunch of Instagram messages from people. And uh, they're like, hey, dude, I can't find your channel. Can't find your channel. So he logs into YouTube and YouTube says, uh, yeah, we deleted your channel. Now, thankfully, he had a 60,000 person email list that he built off of that channel. Yes. And his income didn't go down. He was able to start a new channel, mail his list with the new content, say, hey, go check out my new content, etc. But if he didn't have that list, he would have had nothing to fall back on. So a list is actually your moat, if you think about it. The other reason people fail, uh, believe it or not, this is absolutely true story, is that they simply do not mail the list. And this, I still don't understand why. But for example, I have a friend, uh, he's in Bulgaria, but uh, a few years ago, he built a supplement business. Where, where him and a few other partners were shipping out supplements all across Europe. He right. said that at peak, they were making 200 sales a day, which means they were adding 200 buyer email addresses to their email list every single day. Now, when I say that, even if you had that business for, let's say, a year and you were adding 200 new buyers a day to your list, can you imagine how much money you would have made just by sending out like three emails a week? Yeah. You would have made a lot of money. But when I asked him, 
how well how much money did you make off that list he kind of went like this and i was ah. and i knew it i was like you didn't mail the list did you he's like not a single time why i don't know i think it's something to do with with you know the the emails being judged or alienating people or the fear of being intrusive or something. But a lot of people who build a list and spend the money, the time and the energy simply do not send the emails. I think Dan Kennedy said that, was it Dan? I think if, you, if you're not mailing to the point where they're complaining, you're not mailing enough. Yes. But this yeah. begs the question. Let's go back. Let's say you're collecting emails from your website or whatever it is. Yep. You know who Alex Hermoso is, of course. Yes. Everyone knows Alex. Yes. Alex said something interesting in his book, Hundred Million Dollar Leads. He said, if you want to get referrals, you have to make the referral an offer. You have to make uh, shape the referral as an offer. So, how do you create a a lead magnet, an ethical bribe that shows up as an offer to them, where they need to jump on it? What are some of your secrets? Because if you're going to e farm great to find the names but how do you get them to opt in what kind of bribes or or do you offer them that are consumed that's, that's actually quite simple there's a very particular way you think about uh creating your bribes and your um you know opt-in forms or opt-in pages we call them opt-in pages or squeeze pages because squeeze we squeeze pages. the email um the way you think about it is you think of the one or maybe up to three big pain points or problems that are really bothering the people you're going after. And you have to be very specific about the people you go after, by the way. You can't just be trying to get everyone and their brother. You have to be very specific because what it allows you to do, it allows you to talk to this group of people in a way that stands out. We spoke about attention spans and you know we we can't argue with that. We can't argue with the fact that people are distracted. There's, you know, their phones are constantly in their face, they're beeping and they're dinging. But you know what? We are also all, we're kind of hostages to this radio station called uh, WHIIFM, which stands for What's In It For Me. For me, yes. We're all selfish bastards, every single one of us. And we're all thinking about some kind of problem in the back of our mind. It's like a tape that's playing there. And so when we come across um, a, a page or an email or a bribe or a report or a video that calls out that problem, we will stop and we will pay attention. So let's say we're going after the speaker's market. And um, I, I believe, I would want to assume that one of the pain points for the speakers is, uh, for example, having to go out and you know speak at a seminar, but then getting off stage and they haven't made any money or they have right. made a couple of sales, but not very many sales. Right. So the problem is, oh, I'm just going to take three days out of my life. I'm going to hop on a plane. I'm going to, you know, get incur all this cost. And I'm going to give a speech for 40 minutes. And then I'm going to basically make nothing. And I've wasted all this time and all this effort. And this is all for nothing. That's like a pain point that would keep a speaker up at night. Therefore, if we can put together a an, an ethical, we call them an ethical bribe or a lead magnet that... Right. Uh, solves that problem or explains how to solve that problem. For example, uh, the title of such a uh, report or video could be how to how to double uh, how to double the your income from speaking gigs in in uh, 30 days. Something like that. 
um, that is so appealing to the speakers that they would want to know. And so then what we do, it's a bit sneaky, but we do it. We lock the information behind an opt-in form. So instead of a page saying, here's how to double your speaking income in 30 days and having a link to the video, we remove the link to the video and replace it with an opt-in form, a form mm -hmm. where they have to enter their name and email, sometimes name, email, and phone. And then once they've opted in, we redirect them to a page that gives them access to that information. Of course. Now, one more, this begs the question again, and all, all, your time is super valuable. I'll only take 10 more minutes of your time, I promise. Is that okay? That is perfectly fine. Okay. Okay. And maybe well, if you're willing to do it, I'd love to have you back on to talk I about it. I would love to. I okay. would absolutely love to. All right. I, okay, cool. So one of the things I've learned is you can have this beautiful ethical bribe, but if it's not consumable, if, if they don't consume it, it does no good. So I, I found you have to keep it really short, really short. You have to keep it simple and you have to put it in a format where they're going to consume it. So yes. just what are some of your tips to put it, to keep it short, simple, and in a format that they'll consume it. And I've also found they won't consume it unless I remind them to consume it and give them tips. Hey, here's what's going on in your blah, blah, blah report. And then another one the next day, Hey, did you see this in your report? So tell me about how you do it. Yes. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, later means never, which means if they're like, I'm going to get it now. I'm going to check it out later. They never get back to it. Uh, you say a, a sale delayed is a sale rejected, denied. right? Denied. A denied. Um, it's exactly the same thing. With wow, you are a fan. You're quoting my book. Oh, you're kidding me? You're, I'm, I'm serious. Like, check this out. Like, do you recognize any of these statements? If you can, if you can read them, they go, uh, you might find that you, you could, you may, you That's might. directly from my book. <laughs> <laughs> I was just writing copy for a, a sales letter the other day and I use it. There you yep, go. Yep, that's the one. You know what? So, After this, give me your address and, and I'll send you an autograph copy. I would, wow, I would really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. So um, the way, for the first rule uh, that I follow when I put together uh, lead magnets or any kind of useful information for which I would exchange their email address for I try to think in terms of fast food because um, it's a concept I learned from Dan Kennedy. And he talks a lot about that where uh, people are, and John Carlton talks about that too. People are lazy. People are lazy, not only in a physical sense, but they're also lazy in a mental sense. People don't like to think. People don't like to make decisions. It's very straining on their mental muscles. So what you want to do is you want to make it easy for them in two ways, research, and making decisions. Now, the fast food concept here comes to play where, um, here's, a, here's a great example. So everybody knows that to lose weight, you need to create a calorie deficit and preferably to hit the gym. But nobody likes to do it. Nobody no. likes to say no to chocolate no. cake and nobody likes to wake up at 5 a.m. and go and hit the gym. No. Um, so instead, a, a fast food approach to this would be to say, you know what? If you just were to eliminate these five particular foods from your diet, you will start losing weight right away. And so, you know, then your ethical bribe could explain that. If I love the ad. I would write, eliminate these five foods and watch that pork melt off melt off covered belly right. fat. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's, that's exactly how, you know, they sell supplements. That's exactly how they sell right. keto guides and stuff like that. Right. For example, keto industry 
is largely uh, successful because it's all about, hey, you like chocolate cake? Well, here's how you can eat chocolate cake and lose weight. Here's a chocolate cake that's going to put you in ketosis. And so your body burns more calories. Oh. That's like an amazing thing because you're like, lose weight and have my chocolate cake. Why would I say no to that? And so if you need to think like that, I remember downloading a report by Roger. I think it's Roger Love. Uh, he's like a, a tonality coach. He teaches speakers how to like use the tone of their voice and inflection Ooh. and rhythm Ooh. and stuff like that. Really interesting guy. Um, so he had a report on the three most common mistakes uh, that make you less persuasive and how to fix them. And so the report was all about uh, speaking with an upward inflection, uh, breathing incorrectly. Therefore, you couldn't like state a, set, a sentence without appearing as if you're short of, you know, of breath and something else. So it was very useful because I could instantly implement those tips in my life and say, oh, you know what? I am. I do have a squeaky voice. Maybe I should yeah. speak with a downward inflection, yeah. right? And and immediately I can implement it and feel the difference. Be like, oh, look at me. I sound a lot more, uh, you know, uh, my posture changes because of the way I sound because I, I speak with a lower tone. And once that happens, you're like, I wonder what else Roger got going on. So right. I'm going to buy his program right. for 297 right uh, where he's got audio training exercises that you have to do to uh train your voice and train your rhythm and train your it's, uh volume it's, and it's very much a piece of detective work where you work backwards here's the ultimate yeah. product yeah. from the ultimate product how do i solve one problem that creates another problem that leads them by my core offer i'm learning that from god i wish i could get hormones eye on my program ain't gonna happen but god i wish that all right we need to wrap because uh, I want to have you back on to discuss the points that, that we didn't have time to. This is his book, List Building Lifestyle. Now, if they want to stay in touch with you, other than going out on Amazon and buying this book, what's the way to stay in the conversation with you? Everyone go get it. And what's clever about this book is you kept it to the length where people can read it in one sitting. Yeah, That's exactly. Other thing I found, the problem with this book if I give it away as a lead magnet, no one will finish it, even though it's loaded with stuff. So in addition to this, what is the way that they can immediately get in touch with you rather than waiting for the book? Yes. So there's two ways. Uh, one is I recommend getting the book, but rather than going to Amazon to go to igorsbook.com. Right. And uh, you will be able to get it off of my website where uh, you'll chip in on shipping and handling with 10 bucks if you're in the U.S. or 20 bucks if you're outside of the U.S., anywhere outside of the U.S. And I'll actually send you the book. I'll print it for free and send it to you. Again, you're chipping on shipping and handling. However, I will also throw over 3,000 in free bonuses. That includes webinar trainings and traffic. That includes my capture page templates, some email templates. And a lot of the stuff that we spoke about today that we didn't have the time to cover in great detail will be covered in great detail, visuals and everything else. Um, another way to stay in touch and stay in the conversation and to get my tips, advice and wisdom is to go to listbuildinglifestyleshow.com and listen to my free podcast where I actually had you uh, about two or three years ago as a guest to talk about your book and all the different persuasion, uh, subtle persuasion that you know to do so well. Um, but you. also, I host other guests, uh, the likes of John Asaraf, Robert Kiyosaki, and a bunch of other guys and gals. Uh, plus, uh, we post five times a week 
we do it short, five to 10 minutes, uh, some, you know, tidbits on email, building a list, making Where money. Do you post that? Development. Where do you post that? Listbuildinglifestyleshow.com. Right. I got to come back on your show, man. I've advanced in my understanding and knowledge tremendously. What you have there in that book represents thinking I did back in 2019. I've, I've come a long way in that period of time. So we need to talk. All right. Stay on with me for like three minutes after the show. It's been a wonderful, wonderful program. Thank you for being such an awesome guest. We'll see you next time on The Influencer's Edge. Bye now. The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Rapid Sales Accelerator. If you're ready to skyrocket your sales by 30% or more in just 90 days, then you need to claim your free training right now. You'll learn four words that will compel your prospects to trust you like they were children within the first three to five minutes of any conversation across any platform in any medium. You'll learn how to give your prospects objection amnesia to crush objections like I need to talk to my spouse or I need more time to think it over or it's too expensive. And finally, you'll get a free recorded audio training that will install unbelievable attitudes for success and wipe out any limiting beliefs. So if you'd like to claim your free training now, go to www.paulrossbook.com. Do it before your competition does it now. Thank you for tuning in to the Influencer's Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting edge insights, tools, and techniques so you can leapfrog over the pack at sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on the Influencers Edge Show.